What do we do with our pain? You know, I ask this question because the reality of pain and suffering is something most, if not all of us, are going to have to grapple with at some point in our lives. For some of us, it has been a part of our story for a long time. Others may believe that, is, that we have been inflicted with um, a wound that's so deep that it cannot be healed or consoled. For others, maybe we haven't experienced that much pain or suffering in our life. And in fact, maybe right now, um, we feel great. Like we're confident and we're in a good place. And that's good. But no matter where you are in your life right now, I think hearing what the Word of God has to say to us today will benefit everyone. And especially those who may believe that perhaps they don't need inner healing. So let's dive into the Word of God and see what it says today. See, we hear in the Gospel, Jesus is teaching on the Beatitudes. And it's important to note that Jesus isn't just giving good advice. See, Matthew, the Gospel writer, he notes that Jesus went up a mountain. And that's a very important detail. Because in the Bible, a mountain is often a place of divine revelation. For example, it was on Mount Horeb where Moses encountered God in the burning bush. And that same mountain where Elijah the prophet heard God in a gentle whisper. And you can fast forward to the New Testament where Jesus was transfigured before some of the apostles on Mount Tabor. So Jesus going up a mountain is significant. It's showing that it's a time of divine revelation. God himself is teaching his people. And what does Jesus open up with uh, in this teaching? He begins with the Beatitudes. Now, one of the Beatitudes that Jesus gives is, Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. With the kingdom, the new kingdom of God that Jesus is bringing in, those who are in the most miserable of situations according to the world, like the mourning, for example, are now in a state of receiving great blessings and are inheritors of future divine consolation and favor. And truly, what a blessing that is to know that one situation won't last forever, that Jesus desires to heal our pain and console us in our sorrow, and that we don't have to think or live thinking that pain is going to be our only lot in life, and that we will never be able to find rest or peace. Jesus, with his beatitude, shows that he desires to console us, who bear, to console those who bear that sadness and grief in their hearts, who carry in our pain from wounds and suffer from the toils and troubles of this life. And while this promise of blessedness comes in its fullness in heaven, it is not only envisioned for the distant future. That happiness can be experienced to some degree now uh, as the kingdom of heaven dawns in Christ's ministry in the gospel and is coming in seed form here in the church. So how does Jesus heal and console our pains and wounds? How can we have access to that promise of consolation today? To answer that question, we have to first understand how pain affects our hearts and look at the anatomy of a wound, so to speak. And so first, we see that pain pierces the heart. When we have experienced something painful, that pain pierces our hearts. Our hearts are wounded, and those wounds are filled with pain. Some examples of pain that pierces the heart can be rejection, humiliation, physical or sexual abuse, divorce, an absent father or mother. 
And as soon as the pain pierces our hearts, we begin to ask the question of why. Why did this happen? Why did this person do this? Why did this happen to me? And it's there, in that vulnerable place of our hearts, where in the pain it's asking that question of why, that the devil enters in. It is there that the devil speaks his deepest lies. And because those lies, they insulate us from the pain, we tend to hold on to those lies. For example, we may come to believe lies about ourselves, that it was my fault, or may come to believe lies about others, that my mom or my dad doesn't love me. We can come to hold on to lies about the situation. It was destined to happen. We can even believe lies about God's presence, and it can take root in our hearts. Uh, for example, God abandoned me. And because we don't, like to, we don't like these lies, we don't like to face them, we form inner vows to insulate ourselves further from those lies. Like in other words, we make promises to ourselves out of that place of pain, out of that place of fear, out of those lies. And for some of us, those inner vows may sound like this. I will never be like my mother, father, brother, abuser. Or I will never trust and be vulnerable again. Now, these vows, they're made to protect ourselves to protect ourselves from uh, the pain and the lies that we've come to believe. Therefore, because of that, for many of us, the vows uh, that we make at face value, they seem to be okay. Right? They're guarding us from further pain. However, those lies, those inner vows, they're anything but okay. And here's why. If we believe a lie, we empower the lie giver. And who is given the title of the father of lies by our Lord himself? The devil. And the devil has a plan for your life. He wants to limit your freedom. He wants to degrade you, enslave you, make you miserable. He wants you to suffer because he envies the destiny that God has made for you. So those vows, they only serve in keeping hidden the lies the devil has led us to believe. And if we hold on to the lies, we empower the lie giver and his influence over our lives. And nobody wants that. Now understanding then this process of how pain, of what happens when pain enters our life, we can begin to understand how God desires to console us and heal us in our pain. Jesus says that he has come to set captives free. Elsewhere, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And in another place, he proclaims, the truth will set you free. See, Jesus desires to set us free by casting out the lies that have festered in our hearts and replace them with his truth. And by speaking his truth directly into those painful areas of our hearts, Jesus breathes new life into us, and he consoles our pain with his merciful love uh, and, uh, and healing love. And when we hold on to the truth that God speaks into our hearts there, we begin to empower God's influence over our lives in a greater way. Or to put it another way, uh, when we believe the truth, we empower the truth giver's influence in our lives. 
And what are the effects of believing and holding on to these truths of God? We begin to leave, live in the freedom that God desires for us. We experience a greater, uh, we experience more of God's love and communion, and also that love and communion with others. We find greater freedom from our sins, and so on. That is why here at the parish, we have offered programs like Healing the Whole Person several times, including the Undone Retreat by the John Paul II Healing Center. Because God desires to set you free, for you to experience his inner healing and his love in a deeper way, and so live in a new way. Now, let me just pause and just give you an example from my own life experience about what that healing process can look like. Years ago, when I was a seminarian, I was on a silent retreat with the Lord. And in the silence, I found myself comparing, right, comparing myself with the priests that were around me. And this comparison was coming out of a place of insecurity, looking at my human weaknesses and foibles. And at one point while I was praying, uh, this was happening. Uh, Again, that comparison. Except in my prayer this time, Mary appeared next to me. And in that prayer, very lovingly, she asked me a very direct question. She said, why do you think you have to be someone else in order to be good enough? Now, that question caught me off guard. I didn't have a ready answer, but it stayed with me. And later that day at, uh, at a mass, right, again, I found myself like in the pews, uh, looking at the priest and following that same game of comparison. And again, in that moment, so Our Lady appeared next to me again. And this time she said something, um, again, that was surprising. And what she said to me was, I choose to entrust myself to you. And immediately what came to mind with those words was this image of the Holy Family and St. Joseph. And how Mary, despite being, I mean, better than St. Joseph in every way, in terms of being more wiser and more, uh, I mean, more holier, I mean, in every respect, still, she chose to place herself in St. Joseph's care. And so that was coming to my mind in the instant she uh, said that to me. And as that that, uh, thought was forming, Mary continued uh, uh, pressing uh, further. And with a bit of twinkle in her eye, uh, she said, is my love, is my love not enough for you? And of course, when that came, the way my heart received it was, oh yeah, of course. Like, of course, Mary, your, your love is all I need, right? Because her love is coming from God. And so it's like, definitely, Mary, how can I say that the mother, the love of the mother of God isn't good enough? And so I accepted it. And at that point on, together with what Mary was doing, pressing in, and uh, the inspirations that were coming with the Holy Family, together, what entered my heart was a realization that despite my human weaknesses and foibles, if Mary still chose, chose me, and therefore God... I can accept myself despite uh, my weaknesses and failures and can freely enter into the vocation God is calling me to. But even uh, later in that prayer, the Lord identified an even deeper lie that I was believing. And what was that lie that he revealed to me? That I have to be someone other than myself in order to be loved. And that belief then was that lie that was challenged uh, through the intercession of Mary. And God revealed to me a truth that I was to accept. That I can be myself because Mary loves me and therefore God loves me. 
And as I held on to that truth in my heart, it became this place of great confidence that God wants to use me uh, as me. And so uh, just that one example, and there's so many more uh, examples in which the Lord is freeing me from these lives that were captivating my heart and influencing the way I was looking at the world and living. Now, if you want to dive deeper into this process of finding this inner healing and freedom, there is a foundational step that is essential for everyone here in order to really enter and engage in this process. And that essential step is this. To have a relationship with God. Let me explain. See, in order to let God into those areas of pain in your heart, you have to first believe that God is trustworthy. And since trust only grows in relationship, the more we come to know who God is in his love and who we are in his eyes, the more we are willing to share with him the deepest pains in our lives, in our hearts. And the beautiful cycle is this is that the more we trust Jesus, the more we share our pains with him. And the more we share our pains with him, the more we're able to receive his healing love and truth. And the more we receive his love and truth, the greater our trust. And the greater our trust, the more we share, and the cycle continues on. Now, there's a difficulty in this. And that difficulty uh, is are two things. Is that one, pain is something we generally tend to avoid. It's a place we don't want to go. And so it could be hard to even begin to share it with Jesus, let alone with anyone else. And two, we tend to project our pain onto God and believe lies about him that prevent us from trusting in him. That is why the path to healing uh, from lies involves being presented with the truth about who God is and who we are in him. In other words, Father Matthias and myself, uh, we preach the truth which challenges the lies we have come to believe in our hearts. And while this might cause some of us to reject the truth in favor of the lies, it will cause others to accept the truth, which opens, up, uh, opens ones up to be freed from these lies. And when it comes to the problem of avoiding pain, just simply uh, ponder these questions in your heart. Wouldn't you like to experience the wholeness and freedom that God has in store for you? Would you like your heart to be restored? Would you like to live in the confidence that you are loved, not for so much what you do, but for who you are, and have that confidence be lived out, not just as a concept, but concretely felt in your daily life experience? You see, the healing that God offers is far more effective than countless hours of pouring into self-help books that are everywhere on the, the bookshelves nowadays. Jesus is our divine healer, and he desires to console us. I understand Father Matthias has recommended this book to you multiple times, but I recommend for you to read this book, Be Healed by Dr. Bob Schutz. This book can help lead us into that healing encounter with the Lord. We also have an inner healing team that you can ask about uh, here in the parish. You can ask myself or Father Matthias about for more information. Now, maybe some of you right now are thinking, man, well, geez, thanks, Father Miguel. I wasn't really planning on thinking about all my pains and sufferings in life this morning. Uh, but just know that I, I bring this up and I mention this uh, just so that we remember that because of God's love and truth, there is always hope. 
And in fact, if anything has come up in your heart at this point, as we turn to the next part of Mass, as the bread and wine is being offered to the altar, what I invite you to do is to spiritually lay down everything that's on your heart on the altar as well. So that you can begin to see the Lord transform what is on there and redeem those parts of your life and see him turn it into something beautiful.